There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson, Virgin Pringle Sauce Boss with you here on the program. Just kind of BSing is what we do. It's QFTA, mm-hmm. questions from the audience, but it's really questions, opinions, erotic stories, requests for deep dives. You can send in anything you want. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. Last week, we inadvertently just went into a master slash daily fantasy sports deep dive and that's all we did so i have a bunch of questions slash opinions uh, stored up but i got something i want to get into and then i don't know if it's going to be a problem but i'm going to get into it anyway jackson so that's what i got here but then i got a bunch of questions stored up from god like two weeks here it looks like um so we'll see how that plays out before i get into that let me tell you about company I started, and if you've been listening to the podcast for more than a year, you heard me start it inadvertently on the podcast, and that's SoundStory. MySoundStory.com is the website, and I don't know if there is a better holiday than Mother's Day, Father's Day, the combination of the two in May and June, for SoundStory. Um, and you go to MySoundStory.com, you can get a gift certificate, and you take care of it right then and there. Or what you can do is uh, you and your siblings, or you just individually, I've had that uh, as well, come in and um, record something talking about uh, your upbringing, stories of your appreciation for your mom, for your dad, whatever the case might be, and give that to them for Mother's Day or for Father's Day. It's Sound Story. With any questions you may have, you can email me, tmckernan at insidestl.com, or go to the website and just knock it all out right there, my sound story. Dot com. Um, we can record them via Zoom. That is what we have been doing over the last year or so. But we also will get to a point where we can do them in studio as well. It's MySoundStory.com. Perfect for Mother's Day. Perfect for Father's Day. Sound Story. Me, Dan McLaughlin, Doug Vaughn, Chris Raby, all available to conduct the interviews. If you have somebody you would uh, prefer, you can request that person. That person will do the interview. It's Sound Story at MySoundStory.com. The way I describe it to people is um, you will always have your loved one's story, their voice, their stories, their life stories, their favorite moments saved. You will always have that. And uh, the way it resonated with me is somebody, not somebody, a bunch of people wanted me to interview my dad for the podcast, and I just was really uncomfortable with it because I was worried we'd just start bawling. Um, And uh, then a, a listener emailed me and said, if you're not comfortable doing it for yourself, think about doing it for your son so he can hear your dad. Uh, think about doing it for your brother's kids. And that was it. That was it. And, and at that moment, then it clicked to go, I would love to be able to hear my grandparents. And I would imagine there are a number of people listening to the podcast who would love to be able to hear their parents, their grandparents, and they miss that. And so whereas social media right now is so much about a fear of missing out, um, sound story, I think, is a fear of regret and making sure that you show the person 
in your life, mother, father, grandmother, grandfather, whatever the case might be, how much you love and appreciate them, that you would want their story recorded, and that you now know you will always have their voice and their story for you and for your children and for their children, and it's it's essentially you know some version of an audio heirloom. Uh, I love doing the interviews. I know Doug loves doing the interviews. Well, we truly love doing them. Jackson, you're in on these, and you get to mm-hmm. hear them. I love doing them. And, uh, you know, now that Mother's Day is less than a month away and Father's Day is less than two months away, now is the time to do it. And if you just want to get a gift certificate and do it at their convenience, do it. And then that way it's a present. MySoundStory.com. Or, and we did this, me and my brothers and sister did this for our parents for Christmas in 2019. We just, you know, told stories of, and also conveyed our appreciation. I feel like so often the best things are said about people after they are gone. Mm. Yeah. And this is the way to do it to make sure people hear it. And, you know, sure you can sit down with a recorder and, and do it yourself. And I'm not saying that it's better. I'm not saying that it's worse. I don't know. Um, I do think there is something to be said for, um, you know, studio capabilities and professional interviewers conducting the interview. And that's what we can offer at mysoundstory.com. It is Sound Story, perfect for Mother's Day. For Father's Day, if you have any questions, I am happy to answer. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. We're in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Ryan Kelly, the Home Loan Expert, online at TheHomeLoanExpert.com. If you're buying a home, if you're refinancing a home, now is the time. You have to get pre-approved. Now, the interest rates have started to creep up a little bit, but you still are going to be able to save money if you haven't refinanced in a while. But you got to get pre-approved. I don't know what's going on um, with regards to St. Louis real estate, although I'm seeing what's going on with my own home and friends selling their homes, and it looks like the market's just ridiculous, except it's uh, a better floor than what we had 13 years ago with that. But uh, I can speak to down here, people are having to pay 5 to 10% more than listing price. And then there's weird games going on with agents then pulling them off the market and then putting them back on at higher prices. I mean, it is, it's insanity uh, in Florida, and I think it's mm-hmm. going on all over the country. So you've got to be pre-approved or else you're just not going to get it, uh, at least if it's a house that more than one person's interested in, and that seems to be the case right now, and it's home buying season. Get that taken care of with Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert. Dot com. And once you get it taken care of with Ryan Kelly, get insured with James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. He is my insurance agent, and just one of the many things that separates James Carlton from any other local insurance company is their capacity. They have a large team of nine people, and that means service other companies just can't provide. They challenge anyone to leave a voicemail during business hours because you just can't. It's tough to do. You need something, and it's going to get done fast, effectively, and without any hold times or prompt. James believes the sign of any good business is low turnover, and they pride themselves in a consistent office environment. When people come to work there, they typically stick around because of the culture, and that office culture directly influences a customer's experience. 314-961-4800 or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton. State Farm and Jim Rogers of Restoration One and now American Environmental 314-664-2800. When you think of air quality, you likely think of outdoor pollution. Most people aren't aware that the quality of air in your home has a much greater effect on you than outdoor pollutants. On average, a person spends 12 hours a day in their home, and with the pandemic, that number has increased significantly. The air in your home could have mold, dust, pet dander, elevated levels of radon, or even carbon monoxide levels 
that are invisible and odorless. Air goes in our lungs and air goes out our lungs. Ah, yes, air. The significance of good air quality is more important than you think it is when it comes to overall health. Call American Environmental if you have any questions pertaining to the air you're breathing in your home. That's 314-664-2800. Expertise in indoor air quality testing for over 25 years. 314-664-2800. So we have a bunch of questions, and you're always welcome to send any questions, comments, erotic stories, requests for deep dives. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Uh, the very first question I have, which was sent in after we did TMA, uh, mm-hmm. so it was sent in at 10.02. Jackson, you and I are talking at 10.23, so this was 21 minutes ago. And it kind of ties into what I'm going to go into here today on the podcast. And what I want to go into on TMA, but I don't feel comfortable doing it on TMA, and I have no idea why. Jackson, do you have any idea where I'm going to go? I told you I'm going to go into something here. Yeah. What do you think I'm going to go into? Let's see if we have telepathy. Uh, so many topics that I will go with uh, the the lifting of restrictions of COVID. No. All right. <laughs> Not a bad guess. Nah, I mean, it's either, it was either that or possibly sports and politics. I'm just trying to think of topics that we don't really talk about in no. the radio show. No, 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 no. Mm. Um, I, I'll attempt to elaborate. I, I feel that... I am at my best when I'm just speaking freely. Mm. That's what I. That's what I. Th- I'm, I'm. I'm coming to terms with a bunch of like awareness things here over the last couple of months, um, but I'm trying to figure it out, and I don't know why I feel safer. I think because I think people. I, here's why I think I feel safer because I think on TMA people just kind of expect one thing. Yeah, and so I can't go into some of the things I'd like to go into. Um, because then it's like, well, how come you're talking about this? I want to hear, you know, Iggy talking about jacking off, you know? I mean, and so it's like, okay, I'll get out of the way and let Iggy talk about jacking off, (laughs) give the people what they want. So then this is my own little place that I can go. And then if you're like, well, I'm mad at the content on the podcast, then it's kind of like you're, you, you clicked to listen. And then on top of it, it's a podcast. You can bail at any moment. But I also know it's probably going to rub some people the wrong way, even though I don't really know why it will rub people some the wrong way. I'll ask the question why it will rub people the wrong way. Maybe I can get an answer, but I want to discuss it because I know it's what's at the forefront of my mind. All right, but here, here, is, here is how we will get into it because this came from DraftKings Cal. Hey, boys, we recently chatted about cities slash states to potentially relocate to. Much to Grandpa Iggy's chagrin, I mentioned a few different locations that I'm interested in. Charlotte, Denver, Seattle, Minneapolis, to name a few. What say you? Tim, if I remember correctly, you've spoken about permanently relocating to Florida. Is this still on the table? Are there other cities you have your eye on? Pringle, what about you? Is St. Louis forever home, or do you desire something different in the future? Let's shave strokes. Next time I'm in the Mound City, cheers. That comes from DraftKings Cal. So now, Action Jackson, Virgin Pringle Sauce Boss, you have Mm -hmm. an idea of where I'm going. Yeah, no, okay. That makes the question will lead to, yeah, I hear you. Okay, so here is the thing. And I touched on it, I think, two sods ago. I think it was two, maybe three, about how at that time it was just either becoming April or it was uh, the first week of April, whatever the case might be. So as we are recording this, April uh, 19th, 2021, we are supposed to return to St. Louis here in whatever, 10, 11 days, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And I am coming to terms with, um, as is my wife, that we don't want to go back. We just don't. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I also know 
this is something that we've discussed on this podcast, Jackson, but before you were a part of it, I think this was a Gangster Pete era time. Uh-huh. We've had the Sea Monster era, the Gangster Pete era, and now your era. And I had a few people who really, it, it resonated with them. And I don't, and I don't, and again, it's one of those things, I don't know why, so I'll ask the audience if you have answers to it, that there is like some semblance, and it's not across the board, but it exists for some people in what I call ambition shaming in St. Louis. I don't know, again, I'm not talking about the population as a whole, but it certainly exists, whereas I don't believe that that is commonplace in St. Louis, albeit on the low end of a top 25 market, top 25 markets across the United States. Separate topic. For this purpose of this discussion, I also feel like for whatever reason, when somebody chooses to move away from St. Louis, there is some kind of, I don't know what the right word would be. I think anger is too strong. Frustration isn't right. Um, irritation is mm. the word I will use. That's the word I'm going to use. I'm going to feel comfortable with using it. Now, why anybody would give a shit, I don't know, outside of like close friends and family. But I just know by discussing it, it will irritate people. Not everybody. I, I would imagine probably 90% don't give a shit. But there are some who are just like, well, what the fuck? What the fuck? Why would you leave? <laughs> and it's not, it's not, I mean, I've had a chance to leave St. Louis multiple times in my career, and I've chosen not to. So it's not St. Louis per se. It's for whatever reason, and I don't know why, I get into a dark place when like October slash November rolls around and I can't help it. I don't know what that's about. I just know that I I think that the issue is doing the thing where you live in Florida in the winter is a high risk play. If you have that mindset where you don't enjoy the cold weather, because once you do it, it's tough to go back to not doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so now I've done it, and this is the fourth year we've done it, and we're just happy. Yeah. And that's it. There's, there's, just noth- there's just nothing else to it. Now, there's one of these things. I was talking with my, my family about this. Um, and, you know, you can't – there's a balance between, well, I just want to be happy. I get that. But there, there, there's also, okay, I, I, I also want to be happy responsibly because I just want to be happy to be like, okay, I'm just going to piss everything away mm-hmm. and figure it out. Well, it, you know, there's, there's, there's ramifications, of course, to that. So within balance, what has changed here, I think, this year as opposed to this time last year or certainly this time two years ago is it is clear that I can do my job from wherever in the world I need to be doing it. Yeah. Florida certainly would be the probably easiest because it's an hour ahead uh-huh. um, and I'm still in the United States. And for me and my wife, we're just happy here. And it's not to say we're not happy in St. Louis, but the, the core issue is when November rolls around, for, specifically for me, I really don't do well with the idea of being inside for the most part, unless you want to be like bundled up or the handful of days where it's, you know, occasionally in the 60s or 70s and it's gray and dark and rainy. I don't do well with that. And it's about half of the year. I'll I'll, I'll try to err on the side of caution. So the emails that I get aren't like 
trying to poke holes in, in what I consider to be facts. Uh-huh. So we'll call it a third of the year. If we can agree that November, December, January, and February are rough. And it's just not the way I want to live anymore. But the issue is, if you talk about it, then it can either be taken as a socioeconomic thing or it can be taken as you don't like St. Louis thing. And when you do what I do, then it can be taken in a way that it's really not. It's just we're just happy here. And, and I like Jackson, if you were to talk to me after the show today and be like, man, I've enjoyed being on the show for four or five months, but I just I've got to move. You know, my friends here, my family's doing this. I'd be like, good. Good for you. It's like any time anybody. Uh-huh. You just like you want people to be happy, period. Definitely. But I guess for some reason, and I don't know why, that that isn't necessarily it's 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 taken as an affront. Like we're in this thing together, and we have to say we love St. Louis. Yeah. So you know where I'm coming from on this. Yeah, it's an insecurity thing. I feel like you know. Like, well, now you say that, and now you kind of got you use a hot button word. I don't. That's a, yeah, that's a I, triggering word, and no. I'm not. And I'm not. I'm not even thinking that that's necessarily the case. But go ahead, please, sir. I, I don't mean it as like a demeaning thing to people. Uh, it's just that I think most people, if they had the chance, you know, if their job was conducive to it, would like to live in a warm weather city in the winter and wherever they're from in the in the summer i think everyone would like to do it some people cannot and yeah so, i don't think I, I disagree on the everyone thing i know that's no, not getting that, into yeah. semantics I, I would agree that probably more people than not would agree would would agree with that i also think one thing that i just want to clarify i because i think the socioeconomic thing can bring in the word you used the insecurity thing mm-hmm. and i just want to make this clear that it's just yeah i mean of course there is there is there is wealth in palm beach and miami you know and jupiter certainly jupiter island you know or tiger woods and take your pick of whomever else you know live that's yeah you have that just like there's wealth in st louis and huntley and you know ladue that most people can't possibly fathom but it is not i think contrary to what people might think it is not opulent it's it, it's certainly there if you want it but it is not across the board i mean if you've yeah. ever been to west palm beach if you're on the other side of 95 driving west it is it, it it's not at all it's just not and not that west palm beach is in itself except now palm beach yes jupiter yes you have areas of you know miami uh not all miami yes but uh, but I want to make it clear. It's not like I have I've hit the mother load, and therefore it's just a case of we have a son who is three. I have a career decision I will be making, um, and you know that will likely be you know some semblance of a contract, uh, and so I have to make a decision. And so it, it's something that I have to think about, and my wife and I have been talking quite a bit about. And I'd love to have the conversation on the radio show. I just know that it would be like, no, get back to you know Iggy, you know, you know, talking about watching The Godfather for nine hours this <laughs> weekend. What the fuck is this? And that's cool. That I mean that that. That's, you know, I find it incredibly entertaining as well. But when I want to have like a, a more serious discussion of what really is on my mind and like another today was yet another day where I was just shitty on the radio. Today was another fucking terrible radio show from my standpoint because I take I have to. It's my responsibility to direct the program. And I just was off uh, bad. I was off. Um, and it's because this is stressing me out yeah. in a major major way because you know i'd be leaving 
the place I basically lived my entire life, minus, you know, my time at the University of Missouri, which really isn't leaving. No. And, you know, eight months in Little Rock. Um, but we're, we are serious about it. Mm-hmm. And it ha- and then it has a bunch of then it has a bunch of implications. So I, I I mean I think about it. You know we've been looking at houses, uh, hence the Ryan Kelly pre-approval thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not to have a house in St. Louis and a house in in Florida. It's to move here. Mm-hmm. And and it's not like I mean I, I got to be honest with you. You know. God, I hope it does come off the right. It's 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 a reflection of really the ridiculous home prices in both. It's all over the place though right now. It's not like we would be spending ridiculously more to be here. And last week I was um, playing golf, and it was like three in the afternoon by myself, as is usually the case. It's either me and Jameson or me and a couple guys I know I play with, you know, where I play. And this time I was by myself, and a guy came up, you know, and I think he left his, you know, whatever, rangefinder or something, and mm-hmm. he was looking for it, and he goes, boy, you are brave to be out here, and I'm going, really? It's, you know, I mean, it's 85 degrees, and it's humid, but Ain't if nothing. this is when you're from the Northeast, if you're like, this is unbearable, if you're from St. Louis, it's just kind of, <laughs> I don't want to say it's nothing, but it's certainly not no. the biggest deal in the world, no. and, um, and so, uh, I keep asking my friends who have relocated from St. Louis to here to, you know, to Fort Lauderdale. I'm like, give me, I, I need down, I need reasons not to. Because mm. I got to play, I got to have devil's advocate. Yeah. And they're kind of like, I don't know, hurricanes? I mean, but even that isn't yeah, really, I mean, you that's know, not I mean, that it's, big a it's deal. certainly real, but it's not, you know, and, and so we're really, you know, because again, it's not, it's not a, oh, we live in Florida. It's a, Okay, then this. Then I would be doing this with my career. Um, I would not be doing this with my career. Um, my son would be going to school here. My parents live there. That is, yeah. The, that is that's number one. Really, mm-hmm. uh, that's not even close. There's, that's that, that's it. And I was talking about that with my dad, and you know, I think I think if it were the case, I think I you know obviously they'd come down here. I don't know. So. It's just it's what re- it really has me stressed out because I know this is what I want, mm-hmm. and I'm not even like it's not even a, it's not even a sweat. And I think it's one of those things. It's like okay, you want to work hard and take the risks that I've taken at times with my career, with you know, doing our own thing, and the whole goal has always been to get down here. But you're always thinking like you know when you're in your sixties. But now, because of the pandemic and then people broadcasting remotely, it's become clear that you can do this. And I certainly can do podcasting, but now the radio show as well. Remotely, I'm watching every Blues and Cardinals game as it is. It just doesn't matter. Nope. It just really doesn't matter. Yeah, you're right. Um, and so I am, I, am in a, uh, I am in a way action jackson i am in a way it's easier to watch the blues and cardinals from where you are than it is to watch it right here in kirkwood missouri so and when i said insecurity i really meant i i think what you said about there's like a front like we're from st louis we stay in st louis kind of mentality for some people whereas i don't know if that's the case in other places but i think it might be a midwest thing you know like 
born and bred in the Midwest, you stay in the Midwest, is some people's mentality. That's the only reason I could think of people like being mad at others leaving the Midwest for warmer weather. It's an, I, I, I can't believe you're moving. Oh, you'll be back. Or like, mm. I, I mean, I used to do it. And again, not in the, the, the attacking way, but yeah. just like, oh, when are you coming back? You know, and then, and then a couple people are like, well, I'm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Or there would be people who like, I, I told myself I would not come back because they felt like if they came back, it would be a sign of acknowledging failure ah. um, that they went to X, Y, or Z place and it didn't work out. And, you know, and, and, and I, don't, I don't know if the same th- thought process, mentality, I don't know that leads, again, and I don't know if this is not an across the board thing, but no. the ambition shaming thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that this is, this is what me and my wife want and it makes us happy. And that's kind of it. And I don't really know why anybody would give a fuck, but, <laughs> but I just know that for what I do for a living, that it will be a thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's tough to talk about it, but I just want to be honest with the audience because that's kind of how this has worked here for, you know, so long. Um, into what's on my mind. And, you know, when, when, when I was like, God, that's what I want to talk about today. And then at 10.02, right when we get done with the show, Cal sends that in. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, you know, but it, for, for me, it's this area. It's not Miami. Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not Florida in general. It's yeah. this part of Florida. It's, mm-hmm. I'm not interested in the Gulf side. I'm nope. not interested in the Panhandle. I'm not interested in Jacksonville. I'm not interested in Gainesville. I love this area. My wife loves this area. She's an only child. I would imagine her parents would move down here, uh-huh. um, but I'm not, and I know my parents wouldn't move down here, and so that's the thing. So I don't know, man. I don't. I, it's like in a way, I'm I'm probably lowering um, my income potential by doing it. But at the same time, I got to be honest with you. I don't really care. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a, that's the thing. I. I I guess I I don't know, and I don't know if I, I I hope this conversation comes off in the pure way it's intended to, which is this is what I am thinking through. I would imagine it's resonating with some of you listening. Um, I would imagine it, you know, some of you have made these kinds of decisions as far as relocating goes. Again, the different thing. This isn't like leaving to go to take your pick of whatever market to do another job. I would do the same thing. And, um, you know, um, I don't know, I, I, I guess for the sake of, you know, respecting the process, so to speak, mm-hmm. with regards to negotiations and so on and so forth that uh, were, you know, documented thoroughly in the Post-Dispatch, mm. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, uh, um, you know, that's that's something that, you know, is is something that's important to me. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, and I didn't, I didn't realize it when I came down here this year, but as it's getting close to going time to going back and then knowing also that, that it is running at a confluence, uh, an upcoming confluence of, uh, you know, whatever decision I wind up making, um, because I will be signing a contract, uh, that it is going to then over that contract term will overlap with my son going to school and I don't want to be pulling him out of school and you know bouncing him from all over the country that's not what I want to do you know he's an only child and 
doesn't have, you know, any siblings to, so it's something that I'm, me and my wife are, are thinking about seriously. So, um, it's just, it's at the forefront of my mind. I think it's probably playing a role in why I'm not getting great sleep because there is a decision to be made and I can't make the decision because I don't have all the information yet, but, um, it's at the forefront of my mind. And I also just know I, I can't TMA. I think, I think TMA, at least starting in 2013, 2013, I think was the realization that we're going to talk about what we want to talk about. We're not just going to like, oh, okay, well the Cardinals played yesterday. So let's give takes just to give takes. It, it, it doesn't work. I mean, maybe it works for some shows. I don't know. It, it isn't our show. Mm-mm. If somebody is engaged in a topic, anybody of, you know, the group, then God bless. Um, but just for the purpose of the radio show, I just don't feel like that this is... It, it, and I just, it had come off the wrong way. It, 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 it'd be, it wouldn't necessarily... I don't know if it would come off the wrong way. It would be directed the wrong way. Yeah. And I'm, it's, it's involving, you know, my wife, my son, you know, the two people who are most important to me and, and my parents. So now we're including everybody and and how it would affect everybody's life. And... Um, the podcast, I guess because I'm not looking at live feedback as we're having a discussion on the podcast, I think that's the reason why I'm more comfortable talking about it here. Yeah, puts you in a better headspace. Yeah, because I can just kind of verbally wander. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I would like that if somebody really wants to sound off on it and have a conversation about it, they would email me about it, like starting a thread on the fan page. Like, do you hear Tim wants to be like, what? I mean, all you're looking to do there is just like, you know, get, get some kind of BS kind of discussion going. Um, if you really want to have a conversation about it, I'm certainly open to it. I, and or want to hear people's experiences mm-hmm. um, because it is um, – it's weighing. It's really, it's, it's, it's not, I mean, I've lived in St. Louis all of my life. I just, I cannot like, you know, Jackson, we were joking about Iggy and the forecast thing, but I mean, it's, it's going to be April 20th and it's going to be snowing there. Now I realize that is an outlier. That is not common. But once you have the ability, when you wake up and it's sunny every day and it's warm, I've been here, I don't know, since December 28th, 29th. And, you know, it's, I'd had to have been in the 60s all but like two days, three yeah. days. And, you know, most of the time it's in the 70s or 80s. That's just, it's just what I like. It's yep. what I personally like and it's what my wife personally likes. You know, but, but I, you know, I remember Cal, Cal sending this email and he was talking about northern places. That's what he likes. God bless him. Yeah. You know? I mean, I couldn't care any less. You know, I guess if you're a TMA listener, you're like, well, hold on a second. Will that mean you're leaving TMA? No, to be clear. I, I think that should be clear. Um, you know, but, uh, I mean, I've, I've done the show from a remote location, I think all but four months since January of 2020. I think that that is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, that kind of gives you an idea of where things are at this point. It yeah. just really doesn't, it just, when it gets down to it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what's on my mind. And then I was like, oh, should I get into it or not? And then Cal's email came in. At, it's a sign. Yeah, to, to, to get into something that, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, um, I, am, I am torn, but it's at the forefront of my mind. And I just think, I just I know me, when I'm happier, I'm better. Yeah. And by that, I mean I'm better on the air. 
And so when we were looking at houses, and I'm just like, my God, if we could just, this could be year-round. Fuck. I'm mm. like, you know. Yeah. Not, like, you don't go, oh, there's that first leaf on the green in, you know, late September, and oh, God, now we got until April or May. That's just not the way that I want to live. It's just not the way that I want to live. Mm-hmm. It isn't. And and before it was like, well, I got it. It, it wasn't even a choice because you got to be there to do the job. Yeah. And now it's been made clear that isn't the case anymore. Um, and that's on the employer end as well. Um, so it's not just like me saying, yeah, I can do this and then having to get people to agree. So I don't know, man. Um, it's, it's, at the, it's at the forefront of my mind. For those of you who have relocated or those of you who um, are considering it, I would imagine this is something that you can relate to. At the same time, if you are in your 30s, 40s, 50s, and you have kids, you're like, yeah, I can't. I mean, I can, but I'm not going to pull my kids out of school. Same kind of thing that I'm thinking. It's like if I'm going to sign X number of year deal at some point, uh, then it's going to overlap with my son starting school. And so that's the thing. So that's that's kind of why I feel like there is some kind of, okay, i got to make a decision now. We've got to make a decision now. And, you know... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I am. Um, I'm. I'm torn. Um, Jackson, any other thoughts? I know this isn't your decision. I'm just um, verbally vomiting all over the podcast with my no, mom. Yeah, I, you know, Florida is great. Florida, but you're right. Florida is such an area by area thing. Like Gainesville and Palm Beach are. If you would think it's two different states, you know, it's just yeah. it looks different, it feels different. Uh, so it's you know it's different in every area, and uh, no, it's. Uh, I, it it is tr- like when you are like in a good place, happy. It's it's just better for any job, really. You know, happiness leads to productivity and quality of work. So I hear you on that yeah. front. God, I just yeah, I've just just had the like over the last few months is these like awareness things, mm-hmm. like for the for the for the radio show. Uh-huh. We just can't talk politics. We just can't do it. Nope, just can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. I mean, January January sixth, and the show on January seventh. That was when I'm like, okay, that's it. Yeah, that was you know, that's yeah. it. That was that was. I'm like, I can't can't do it anymore. And even now, it still kind of comes up, you know, maybe once a week or so. And I'm just yeah, like, it just didn't. And I'm not saying that that's because somebody is right and somebody is wrong at all. I don't know who the hell is right. That's that's not that you know. Everybody certainly thinks they're right, or otherwise they wouldn't be saying it. But it just is. I just don't think it's good for the show. Yeah. That's what it gets down to. Now, if if Doug or Iggy or you want to want to get into it, God bless. But for me, I just know I am. I'm just immediately like, you know. Yeah. And furthermore, I have found myself, and I don't even know. Ever since January sixth, January seventh, I used to like pride myself and look forward. To, I'm sure in part it's because I'm down here and I really don't watch much TV when I'm down here minus sports. Mm-hmm. But I would watch both Meet the Press and. Um, Chris Wallace on uh, Fox uh, News Sunday. Um, what are the hell the show is called? Chris Wallace and Chuck Todd. That's what I would watch. And I would DVR them and I would watch them later in the day or I'd watch them live. And I'm just not even, you know, it's yeah. just so, mm-hmm. it just, that, that, cause, why? Because it puts me in a bad mind spe- mindset. Yep, me too. And I was having this conversation with this guy who's a little older than me, but he was just like, you know, I was talking with my dad and my dad's 74 and he's like, you know, before you know it, you're going to be 65 and you got to be. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, because to me, Jackson, I am closer to 65 than I am to you in age. Sheesh. And that, 
might not really fuck you up because you're <laughs> like, yeah, you're 45, dude. I mean, <laughs> the fuck, you know. But I look at you as a peer, uh-huh. and I look at 65 as being an old man. But mm. in reality, I am closer to that than you, who I think I am a peer, because I don't think anybody ever views themselves. I think you can be 65 and not view yourself as old. I think that's kind of what happens, actually. Yeah, and definitely. so then if you think that way, then you go, well, shit, then why would I wait until, you know, a time you don't even know you're going to get? Yeah. And it's just one of those things. Now, again, if it used to be, well, that's where I work and that's what I have to do. But now if that issue has been mitigated, then it's kind of like, fuck. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I honestly don't know what I'm going to do. That's the 100% honest answer. Um, but I know that it is, it's wearing on me. Like, I am viewing April 30th and our flight back, because I think I'm going to fly back, uh, as opposed to the drive. The drive is just... Brutal. It's, it, it, it's, it is, did you, you did it, I guess, Oh, right? yeah, several times. Never doing it again. Yeah, I just... I'm like, uh, I kind of, you know, when you have a three-year-old, there is oh. something, that anybody with three-year-olds, or uh, you've had three-year-olds, of course, um, you can understand, like, oh, it wouldn't be that bad to have the silence. Yeah. I'm telling you, my biggest mistake on this one was I listened to Barack Obama's book. I'm still not done with it. You're still and not I, done? Obviously that was, I mean, well, I just, I just stopped. I, okay. like, tapped out. Yeah. Because, and I'm just like, it, it, it just, I don't know. It just, it, it, and, and I mean, that's the whole, I was still in Illinois when I started it mm-hmm. and I'm still, I'm still not even close to done. Yeah. And, and it just was, it was just really, I mean, it, it was truly like a, a lecture in yeah. college. That's what it reminded me of. And it just was not. Yeah. I think when I had podcasts last year, it, you know, you're, you're, you're able to skip through with this. I'm like, okay, I got to commit to this. And I would, I would find myself starting to get angry. Like, why <laughs> are you going into this much detail? This is, I mean, it's great if you really, really, really can lock in, but holy shit, you know. Was he it reading is, it? Was he the one reading it? Yeah, he's reading okay. it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, I was really looking forward to it. And then I'm like, well, I can't, I can't bail now. Yeah. But that's the thing. I got to have things that I look for. Like, I look forward to, like, I run before TMA on Mondays. Yeah. Almost every week down here. So I ran this morning a few miles. And I listen to the No Laying Up podcast. I realize that appeals to such a sliver of the audience. Most people are like, what the fuck is that? And it's a it's a golf podcast, kind of like a TMA-style yeah, golf podcast. Yeah, just bullshitting. Yeah. And they're talking about the RBC heritage and his bullshitting and busting balls and gambling and daily fantasy and all that stuff. And I'm like... I look forward to that. It makes my run go quicker. You know, yeah. I don't even really think about it. So if you have stuff that you're looking forward to listening to, it can make it better. But if you don't, yeah. and I didn't, but I thought I was going to, oh my God. And then I'm like, well, I'm, I'm at this point now, I'm 10 hours into it. I can't, I can't bail. And the man is still in 2010. <laughs> he is still in 2010. He didn't yeah. leave office until January of 2017. The hell? <laughs> Anyway, um, all right, let me talk about Munganast. Uh, Munganast, the sponsor of our 7 o'clock hour on the Ryan Kelly Morning After and of the Tim McKernan Show podcast and Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson have wonderful deals for you. How about this? At stlouisacura.com, they have just earned an extra allocation of 2020 Acura MDXs. No money down. You can get a three-year lease, no money down, 36 months, 387 a month. 10,000 miles per year. Yes, 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 and yes. Doug's been driving one of those things, and he loves it. That's mm-hmm. at stlouisacura.com, plus a ridiculous pre-owned selection 
uh, at both AltonToyota.com and StLouisAccurate.com. You can call Clayton Patterson or Jamie Burkhard, 314-822-2872. That's 314-822-2872. The official automotive provider of the Ryan Kelly Morning After and the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. He is a great guy. Major recommendation for Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. I got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. This is going to go into the weeds a little bit. I've been thinking about this. I think so highly of Mark. We've kind of BSed about life stuff before. Yep. And I mean, I, I have a. I mean, he's an advertiser, but I have a good relationship, like a close relationship with everybody. Who I mean, Jim yeah. Rogers, Seth Goldcamp, Mark Hanna, Ryan Kelly, uh, Jamie Burkhard, Clayton Patterson. Who am I leaving out? Who am I leaving out? I leave out Mark. I, who am I leaving out? Who am James I leaving Carlton, out? James Carlton, Ryan. Kelly. James Carlton. Yes. My goodness. That I can have these conversations, you know, like James texted me and he loved the the, the Masters deep dive we did last week and yeah. like the Daily Fantasy. And he goes, you're exactly right. The, uh, what was it? What was the, 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 the chalky three from the Masters that won the million? Spieth. Shoffley. Casey. No, no, no. It wasn't Shoffley. Spieth, Casey, and Connors. Yeah. So the winning roster had like 110% ownership percentage. I mean, it was yeah, just square crazy. fest. But it happens. Yep. And he goes, you're exactly right. That's like King Jack winning a hand. I'm like... It's a thing, and I love when somebody gets where I'm coming from because now we're we're on the same page with it. And I know that the, they they catch the language that I'm speaking. Well, Mark, I really might actually because I'm in a I'm in a world, and maybe Mark's going to listen to this, and if I don't call him, he'll text me and say, "Let's get on the phone and talk about it all." Uh, I just think that highly of him. Uh, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, and that's I guess maybe what I'm telling you by saying that is that he's not just you know okay you know you ought to allocate some dollars for this, and I yeah, put some money here. That's not just what it's about. Um, he, he's just—it's a different kind of operation. I had somebody who works in finance going, "Boy, you aren't kidding." I got to know him, and he just is—he really is different. He works with everyday people every day. Three one four eight eight nine zero five zero three, or go online at evergreenstl.com. And finally, Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com for seventeen dollars a month. For seventeen dollars a month. You can get design air, heating, and cooling's maintenance providership. That's that. They're going to come in. They're going to make sure you're in good shape. You're not going to get blindsided with some monster issue as long as the thing's being maintained. It's not going to be like, oh, you got to get a brand new one now after we've been coming in here for five months. That's not the way. So seventeen dollars a month. That's like insurance, is what that is. Uh, it's the best. And Seth's service is the best. The staff is truly the best. I love that we are associated with them because. They really are the best. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling, designairservice.com. And while I know it's going to be cool in St. Louis this week, inevitably within a month you know we're going to be in the 90s. So make sure that you get it taken care of now. Get that air conditioning checked now. Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. All right, I am pivoting off my um, decision, career decision, personal decision, and all of that shit I don't think I'm, maybe I'll get motherfucked. I don't think I presented it in a motherfuck way. I think you'll be all right. I don't think I presented it in a motherfuck way. I don't think I did. I hope people understand where I'm coming from. Because I'm coming from a place of sincerity. Yeah. But I'm kind of tortured by it. Even though, even though the thing is, I know if I do it, I'll be happy. Yep. So then you kind of go, then what the fuck are you waiting for? <laughs> but anyway. Hello, another TMA-related question. I'm a big fan of the listener-created audio postcards as of late. When did this start, and what's your general philosophy on embracing listener-created content? Thanks, that comes from TW. Uh, Buck Swope has to be the, uh, the founding yeah. father. He mm-hmm. has to be. Yeah. Swope's picks. Yep. I, I mean, I love it. 
I absolutely love it. I, I love it. On top of it, it's really good. To, like, if it weren't good, we wouldn't play it. Yeah. You know? I mean, Raby, Buck Swope. Um, I feel like I'm leaving somebody out now. Which is uh, Tunnels has been dropping some heat. Tunnels has been. <laughs> I think it's, I mean, the, 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 the success of the show is so, and it sounds so, because it's like any, any fan base. We have the best fans in the world, and I understand that. And you get it, and it's a cheap pop thing. Mm-hmm. Fine. But I say we have the best audience, not just because of the loyalty to the advertisers, which is really, when it gets down to it, when it all gets down to it, is absolutely, from a business standpoint, the most important thing. Without question. And I think some people think of the audience as like the fan page. And that, that's not, no. that's not, that's not the audience. It's not, the, it's, it's a part of the audience, but it's not the audience. The audience is so active in the show that the audience is essentially another host, another producer. Yeah. But that's been that way for a long time. It goes back to, when we were taking calls, when, when it was the morning grind, mm-hmm. and people become characters and they come and they go. That's the way that it works. Yep. Um, Uncle Carl's double-sided fleshlight had a great run. The Rat and Bloomsdale had a great run. Uh, you just had different people come and go, and then they, you know, and then somebody else comes along, and people yep. either love callers or hate callers, or love emailers or hate emailers, or love texters or hate texters, whatever the case might be. And um, and so I. I embrace it in a major way, but on top of it, they're most of the time brilliant, like hilarious, yeah. or oftentimes really astute. Mm-hmm. So I I love it, and I'm incredibly grateful for it. So yeah, um, yeah I think, but I mean, I think Buck Swope has to be the uh, founding father. Yeah, uh, uh, Tim, I hate to disappoint, but this isn't an email to motherfuck you, even though you ask for it every week on QFTA. I'm writing about your opinion on remote being here to stay, and that a lot of signs are pointing to that not being the case. I work for a large employer in the St. Louis area, and despite a promise of more flexibility six months ago, we've just gotten word that the plan is now for everyone to be back in the office by the fall. I was annoyed to hear the noise and started Googling the topic to see what other companies are doing, and what I found is that many major employers around the U.S., like Google and Amazon, are in fact planning for employees to return to work. What I believe will happen is that these massive top-of-mind companies will set the tone for the rest of the country like they often do. I've linked a Forbes article here because it's the best and most comprehensive one I've found so far. I think you'll find it interesting, and I have absolutely no evidence of this, but I suspect that major city governments have been meeting with their largest tenants in an effort to encourage their return to downtowns. For example, I would be shocked if the city of Seattle hasn't been meeting with Amazon on the topic. So in this article, uh, Patrick is the gentleman's name, uh, sent in, um, he uh, talks about this remote working and, and how you know many people thought it was going to be here to stay and how now uh, it may not necessarily be the case. I still think that it is going to be the case. Hmm. And, and my reason for thinking it's going to be the case is everything always gets down to P&Ls. And if you can reduce expense, then, then from my standpoint, it is, it is something. Now, of course, now reduce expense, and then you know, does it does it then have a negative correlation with productivity and or revenue? Well, then you got a situation. But if you can reduce expense on some hard costs that you have found you do not need, and then that increases the bottom line, businesses are going to do it. I agree. 
I do agree with the conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory might be too strong, but the theory that major city governments have been meeting with large tenants in an effort to encourage their returns. That would make sense. Yeah. But I just think that this is here to stay. And I also think companies that choose to continue to allow employees to work remotely will have an advantage on those who don't. See my discussion at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I can assure you that is something that I am thinking through yeah. in a major, major way. Um, and so, you know, but I mean that, that you know, I, listen, I realize not everybody and not because of a talent thing, but just industries don't, certain industries, you can't do it, you know. Um, so, but if you are in an industry where you can work, work remotely and you're like, well, I can now move back to St. Louis, have a lower cost of living, and, you know, my parents are older and now I can help take care of them, you know, because I'm an, you know, only child or whatever the case might be, that then that's, that's a difference for people. That's a difference maker. And that's something that a company can get quality employees without having to spend as much to get them. So I don't think, so maybe some will go back to it, but I do, I do not think, and maybe I'll be wrong on this, I do not think the going back to the office thing will return within the next year or two. I don't. Mm. I, 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 think, I think to an extent, yes, but the way that it was pre-February of 2019, or 2020, excuse me, I do not think so. I, don't, I mean, I'm all in on it, actually. I am mm. all in on it. What do you think, Jackson? Uh, I have a couple buddies, one who works for a very large tech company uh, who will be going back to the office uh, here, short, you know, some, they're predicting summerish. Uh, a couple other buddies who also will be returning to the office. What I'm hearing from them is they're doing a lot more hybrid work. So like maybe once or twice a week, they come in for full staff meetings and then do their normal routine work from home. I've also heard of a lot more flexibility for those who are currently in offices where let's say they want to go out of town, you know, leave on a Friday, get back on a Monday. They can work remotely that Friday and Monday. So it allows for more flexibility in that sense. I think to an extent, a lot of work will return uh, to cities. I don't think every single one, I think newer startups or like younger companies will get more into remote. Uh, I think some maybe older institutions will attempt to return to the office as was before the pandemic. Um, but I do agree that those who are going to allow more remote working or complete remote working will have an advantage as far as, you know, just saving money on I office. Cool. Yeah. And, and this, yeah, I just, I just, that's the thing. I yeah. think it was an eye opening thing. Like, Oh, we don't need, like I, I read last week, uh, Jackson, that some schools are now offering remote learning permanently going forward. Mm hmm that that is something that some parents have found actually works better for them, yeah, uh, for for their children. So I just I just now again this person wasn't going. I don't I think it's an all in thing. He's not saying that. He's just presenting that look some companies are doing this already and offers the theory that some city governments, because that is that is a material impact with these monster corporations if they go remote learning and what that means, yeah, um, for those cities. So I follow that, and I do agree with the theory, but I think, you know, you're talking about also some small businesses, of course, I mean, and I think they are going to go, wow, we don't need to pay rent, and, mm -hmm. you know, we can meet in a conference room once a week or once a month. Yeah. I don't know how many, you know, I mean, okay, I'll throw it back to, I mean, whether it be advertising deals I've done, I mean, I haven't met in person Jamie Burkhardt. 
mm-hmm. yet we did the deal with Munganast. Um, Clayton came down to Jupiter and we played golf and hung out uh, for Munganast. Um, the uh, Milagro Tequila, the great Tim Burkhardt, who I know, but I haven't seen in a, in a couple of years, we did that deal on TMA um, with a, just over the phone. Um, for all of the stuff that was written about in the newspaper, <laughs> mm. <laughs> there wasn't one face-to-face nope. meeting uh, with anybody. You know, everything's done by phone or Zoom yeah. or whatever. It's just, it just isn't. Ne- that's the thing. It isn't necessary. Yeah, it just isn't. It just isn't. And I and I un- and listen, I understand. You know, I think one of like the charms for people who loved my father in his, and he still, I shouldn't say loved past tense, love my father in his ability to sell advertising is that he goes out and sees him. Now, some people might be like, oh my God, I'm working and all of a sudden this guy's at my office. What in the hell? But mm-hmm. some people loved it and yeah. most people don't do that anymore. And so that was a thing. But realistically, I just don't think that that is, it's, people are finding it's not necessary anymore. And... You know, and, and, and it's one thing if it doesn't impact the bottom line, but it's another thing if it actually has a positive impact on your bottom line. I just don't see it going back. And I know for me, the working remotely thing is huge. And I think it's a, I think it's a, I also think it's a great thing, you know, because for some people they might find, you know what, I don't feel really good right now, but I can't take a nap. 10 o'clock in the morning I'll take mm-hmm. a nap and then I'll work until 8 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night or you know what I woke up in the middle of the night and I have an idea and I'm going to go right down to my office I just I don't I don't see it I don't see it going back to February 2020 now maybe I'll be wrong but I am I am all in on that uh, Tim hope all is well is Iggy aware that Doug is trying to push his buttons when discussing their Munganess daily fantasy sports segment I believe Doug basically admitted as much at one point, but Doug still seems to get Iggy going every time. I would like to think there is some self-awareness here from Iggy, but knowing how he acts otherwise, who's to say? Regardless, Iggy's defense of his record, which is just slightly ahead of Doug's record. This was sent last Wednesday. Iggy is now (laughs) tied with Doug, to update you. And Iggy's defense of his, quote, research is fantastic. My favorite segment, aside from the wrestling recap. Wow, I haven't heard a big endorsement of the wrestling (laughs) recap in a while. Uh, Wrestling recap is... Uh, if anything, gets a lot of criticism. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, it's from the Sultan of Duck Butter. Um, let's see. On the Daily Fantasy thing. I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't... I, here's something. I'm not gonna necessarily going to answer the question because I don't... I mean, Iggy's just being Iggy and Doug's just being yeah. Doug, so I don't, I don't really like yeah. see it as like kabuki theater. No. I will say this... Um, when it comes to daily fantasy, I mean, it's just, we talked about, I was, I was really, we got a bunch of response to that last week. I actually was kind of like, oh, that might just appeal to no one. So I, I loved when it got a response because I'm like, that's something I really cared about and I yeah. only really wanted to talk about it. And so that's it was awesome. cool that people, not just the master's part, but like the daily fantasy and the thought process on it. Yeah. But here is the reality on this stuff. When it gets down to it, when it, com- when it comes to actually picking golfers as to how they're going to perform, or any daily fantasy, you are certainly, you can have advantages when it comes to the ownership percentage because that's the data that even even with that though, it's still, I, I, I find about a four point delta. You know, I'm usually not more off than that on the ownership projections. I enter these into spreadsheets and all of that and usually I'm trying to think one that would be a, a big discussion that there, there was a, 
that what it was off. And usually it's it's pretty damn close. And it's amazing how much it moves Jackson from like Monday night to when the, yeah. the guys actually tee off. Like it moves up and down throughout the course Fluctuates of the week. Fluctuates like crazy. Follow that. But when it gets down to it, like there was a core this week for the RBC Heritage, and it was Sink, Varner, and who would the third have been? Oh, Grillo. Yeah. Um, and then I noticed that the the guys at the top, then they moved around like Dustin Johnson, Zalatoris, uh, who else? It couldn't have been Cantley because he didn't make the cut. Oh, Fitzpatrick. We were on Fitzpatrick. And I was on yeah. Sink, and yet we still didn't have one roster cash. Now, this is one of these things I'm starting to see, I guess maybe because it becomes such a big part of TMA, where people are kind of like taking pride in if they do, and I want to put quotes around well, because I notice people post like a screenshot of them winning $5, <laughs> you know, uh, but okay. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's like when somebody picks, you know, post after a, uh, a bet that they made as opposed to before it, you know, the, the, the courage would be posting in advance. Yeah. But here is the reality of it. Like Doug says, unless you truly are digging into deep, deep dives on numbers and then building out algorithms and then have X amount of months of success, we are all guessing. Yep. We're guessing. We're guessing. The thing that you're not guessing on is ownership percentage. That's the thing that you can control. If you were going to build out a lineup and you have three guys who are all going to be over 20%, the odds are already there. I don't give a shit if they finish one, two, three, that you are not going to win money. That's the way that it works. Now, I know that that might sound, people go, well, hold on, what's he talking about? Just read up on it and you'll understand as to why that's the case. I'm talking about golf here. Um, an outlier being what took place with the Masters. But it is, it is, it's ownership percentage dictated now there are guys i cite the DraftKings wizard and people are like well if he's such a wizard how come you guys lose every week well we don't <laughs> exchange information until the thing is over because yeah. i don't want to breach the DraftKings thing like if we hit big i don't be oh no he got this from somebody else because i'm telling you if and when that happens there will be somebody who will do that and so that's why i am especially careful as is he but we just know we you just can't do that mm-hmm. Uh, because that means he's basically playing more than one account. Can't do that. Yep. And I'm sure the shit goes on, but for our purposes, since I'm on the radio talking about it on a podcast, Tom, that's why I don't do it. So it, when Iggy rattles off his names, and he got defensive about it one time when I said, oh, you're reading, I mean, everybody's reading the same articles. Like, I, like oftentimes I'm aware of, like, yeah. I could guess some of them because the articles all kind of have the same hot plays. Cantlay, for example, was a hot play this past week, and he didn't make the cut. Fitzpatrick was a hot play this week. I think he might have been one of the like top three owned guys, actually. Um, um, his number in this game was, pulling it up now, he was owned by Matt Fitzpatrick. Why can't I see him? He was owned by 21%. Who was the most owned guy? Zalatoris? Uh, Connors? Connors was 19, Zalatoris is 23, so yeah, that's probably your leader. And, and it's so rare that exactly what you think is going to happen happens, but I, like my mom, since they're down there and they're at the tournament, she goes, hey, we're in this pool, and you know, I need four golfers. And I go, okay, M, Fitzpatrick, Berger, and then somebody goes, 
who are those people? <laughs> I go, well, if you're in a contest, you don't want to pick the names that everybody's probably picking, which is Zalatoris, Dustin Johnson. I said, do you want to win or do you just want to have people you know who you're cheering for? If you want that, don't text me. If you want to win, I'll give you the strategy yeah. to, you know, I mean, there, there's, there is a strategy to it. The thing is, is that all you got to do is win like once every like couple of years and you're more than profitable. Yeah. The issue is becoming one of those, you know, <laughs> 40 people who actually win yeah. over the course of the, all that time. I'm talking about win one of the big ones, not like, you know, you won 70 bucks in one of the things. So, you know, I, I Doug, Doug's premise, which is at the core of the whole thing, is that you can guess and do just as well is a premise that I agree with. Mm-hmm. Now, if you line Doug up against the DraftKings wizard, Doug will lose. Yeah. That will happen. But Doug will win, I don't know, 20 to 25% of the time. Yeah, no doubt. But the wizard, because the, what the wizard does is he has a core. Yeah. Which is what I was trying to explain to Iggy last week, because he said, I want to go with, he's doing two rosters, 12 different players. You get six players on each roster. And I said, well, now if any of those 12 go bust... And don't make the cut, which is very likely, yeah. I mean very likely, automatically half of your rosters are now done. Yeah. Now, the way he looked at it, though, was, well, if any, if I have a core of like three golfers and any one of those three, now I'm done. I get it if you overlap, and I get that, but you also exponentially increase... If the goal the goal isn't to min, I guess what your, depends on what your goal is. If your goal is to min cash, then you should probably just play the double-up games and yeah. not worry about the tournaments. Mm-hmm. But the goal is to, and so you just got to go. You got to go all in. That's what you have to do. You, ha- it's, it's the same thing in poker. I remember Joe Theismann, who used to be a regular on the show, and somehow my poker habit got brought up, and he's like, "I could beat you." I said, "Yes, in one hand, you absolutely could beat me. No question, you could beat me in one mm-hmm. hand. In a hundred hands, you probably could beat me. In a thousand hands, you're probably not going to beat me. Just like in a thousand hands, I'm not beating Phil Ivey. Yeah. So it's just the way that it that it, you know. But it's just one of those things. I almost hate talking about it because I feel like it kind of can come off as smartest guy in the room thing, even though it's so basic. It also is probably so fucking boring for the people who don't who don't play it. But I find it intriguing because it's a way to make money by thinking. <laughs> and so... I like that. Yeah. And I also like when people like kind of, because I guess it's kind of my career, when people give me shit in advance mm. and I'm sitting there going, you motherfuckers have no idea what's going to happen. You know? Yeah. And, you know, so <laughs> it, it, I kind of am doing the same thing again. Yeah. I know what's going to happen. You know, I don't broadcast it. I just kind of like, you know, it's going to happen. And it's like how Henry Hill says you're going to get whacked. You're, you're yep. dead already. You don't even know. So that's the way that it's going to go down. That's the way that it works. But it, it, I I love that type of thing. I love that type of thing. And so now that I feel like I am hip to it, yeah, we went all in and, and half the rosters had can't lay on it. And so automatically half the rosters were dead this weekend since he didn't make the cut. Yep. The other half had Fitzpatrick. And I really would be curious if I pulled up my rosters, what in the world happened? Because we had, can't, or we had uh, Fitzpatrick and Stuart Sink. So yeah. something must have... Um, gone awry with somebody else but i just i don't know who it was but um that's the deal if you're going to play tournaments you're going to have boom and bust and you're going to have bust way more than you're going to have boom definitely but all it takes is you know let's say let's say, let's just do the math on this 
if you're putting in, if, as in an individual or a conglomerate, $2,000 a tournament, which I guess is probably comparable to what the tax, that would be a little higher than what we do. For the Masters, I think we had $3,000. Um, but $2,000 a tournament, and you have 20 tournaments, and, you go, and you're not going to get wiped out like we did this weekend, you know, mm-hmm. God, more than twice. I mean, that's just not going to happen. So it's not a straight $40,000 loss. But just for the sake of the discussion, and you have one, one where you have not even not even the full first place, but like a top 10 finish in a game. And some of the games are going to be buy-ins where it's 200 or $500, not just like the $5 buy-ins where you really do have to finish in the top three to have material winning. Right there, you have put yourself in a spot where you've probably broken even for the year. Yeah, if not more. So that's the that's the thing. But again, you have to you have to just kind of understand that going into the deal. Yeah. And the other thing I would say about it is, don't fuck with anything that you can't afford, mm. because it's. I mean, to sit there, I I, would, I didn't watch the end of it yesterday, uh, Jackson. Yeah. It, you know, it wasn't much of a sweat. I really no. thought Morikawa was going to give him a push, and he just, he, yeah, I mean, just just having played play. that course a lot to mm-hmm. bogey number two is, I'd be unhappy with a, a bogey on number two. It's the easiest hole in the course relative to par. It's a par five, and it yeah. is just, for those guys, you hit a ball in the fairway, and, and there's a good chance you're on in two, and if you're not on in two, you're chipping, and for those guys, they're going to get up and down so much that it's an up and down birdie, and, you know, it's kind of like a give me birdie. Yeah. So when he bogeyed that, I'm like, oh, shit. And then he misses the short putts like he has a problem with, and, and, and that was it. He was never even he was never even there again. Um, but I didn't watch it. But if you're, like, sweating it and, you know, I don't know, Morikawa fades and you have Morikawa, that's got to be brutal. Or somebody makes a putt or misses a putt on 18. So what I notice when I look at the rosters in the top 10, more often than not, you will see – the same guy who won finished like also in third or fourth. You yeah. go, how the fuck? Well, it's because the core, because the core. Yeah. And that's the key, but he probably entered, he probably maxed out the entries yeah. and then went, okay, uh, it is a $15 game and I am going to essentially make 150, 150 rosters times 50. I'm going to make a $2,250 bet on Stuart sink, Emiliano Grillo, and Harold Varna the third, that they, that they have a good weekend, and if they do, I am going to more than make up for it on my two thousand two hundred fifty, and that's what you got to do. Yeah, but that takes a set of balls, indeed. And you, <laughs> you know, I mean, because that that's not like going, okay, I'm going to go Dustin Johnson, Patrick Cantley, and Corey Connors. I mean, but that's the thing, and and that's why the guys I have I found like sometimes when I was playing online poker back in the day. And I just sit down and I go, okay, it's like a $15 tournament. Who gives a shit? I just have some time to kill. And so I would just be batshit with my raises and shoves and playing, you know, 5-8 suited and just Uh all kinds of. And all of a sudden it's like 10 minutes in the tournament and I'm in first place by like a ridiculous amount. That's the way that you win in the World Series of Poker. You don't go, okay, I got ace-king. I guess I'll raise. You know, (laughs) you got it. That's the thing. But it's so... It's a process to get your mind there. Yeah, and it's and that's that's why I find it to be so fascinating. I guess you know, it's like entrepreneurs recognize entrepreneurs without even saying they're an entrepreneur because they recognize the trait. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what the trait is. I have no idea what it is. Probably some lack of you know 
I, I, I don't know. L- lack of satisfaction, I guess, would probably be it. And yeah. just like a need for a chase. You always want to be chasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's that's it. and that's that's this. So I think Iggy's approach is wrong because he looks to cash, and so therefore he's never going to win big because he's going to be playing guys who most people are playing, and so his ownership percentages are going to be super high, and therefore you don't have leverage on the field. But I know I'm speaking in basic, essentially, codes, and nobody fucking cares. But I was asked the question, try the salt and the duck butter. i got to tell you something, Action Jackson. Yeah. It looks like there's going to be, like, World War III from the skies any moment. <laughs> so I don't know if we're going to get disconnected, but holy shit, we got some storms Yeah, four will do that. Uh, let's see what we got. Oh, I like this one. Uh, from Icky Peter. Tim. It's estimated 400,000 people may have attended Woodstock in 1969. Another million claim they were present. As somebody who pulled the last-minute overnight shift during Game 6 of the 2011 World Series, I'm curious if you've had any major moments that you've missed by happenstance. I hope you don't pull a gotta see about a girl out of this. Uh, You've talked about getting that phone call on the tarmac and about sleeping in on September 11th, but I'm asking strictly sports if you missed a big one due to a bad decision or falling asleep. That's from True Son, Icky Peter. Action Jackson, I'll yield the floor to you first. Yeah, so uh, I was watching actively when the Cardinals won the 06 World Series. Um, I was watching actively in 2011. Close call when they hit those two home runs in the uh, in extra innings there. Almost called it, uh, but was able to watch... Uh, with my father that night, so made it for that one. And I was watching in Columbia, Missouri for 2019 uh, Stanley Cup. So I really don't think I... And those would be the three of my lifetime, the three milestone championship must-see moments in St. Louis sports. So I can't say that. I mean, I was one years old when the Rams won the Super Bowl. And uh, I watched when Mizzou... Uh, football was number one in the country. I was watching all those games. So I really, I've been very fortunate to not miss anything, especially because I work jobs where I work late and I still didn't miss anything. So I'm happy to say that I've seen them all. Um, with game six of the 2011 World Series, I sold my tickets. Ah. I have to be honest with you, though. Uh-huh. I know it sounds weird, and, I, and, I, and when I give you the, when I give you the, the big, big answer... I know it's going to sound weird. It it really doesn't bother me, and okay. I don't and I don't know why. I, I, here's the thing. Here's what I think. I try to theorize when I give my answers. To it's like, why did you play a you know ten there? I try to give my reasoning. I think the reason on this for me is because I've been lucky enough because of mainly the TV stuff more so than radio, of getting to go to so many of these things that I swear to you, I just don't really care about being at things. Yeah. Unless unless they can win a championship. That's my disclaimer. Yeah. There are some exceptions. So in the case of Game 6 of the 2011 World Series, if the Cardinals were in a position to win the World Series, I never sell them. Mm -hmm. Never. So the next night, I mean, not even the next night, I'm texting with my family after, you know, David Freeze's triple and then his home run a couple innings later. And I immediately text my parents. I'm like, I don't. I know I can get. I would think five thousand dollars. We had, and they were ridiculously good seats, but they were lower bowl good seats mm-hmm. for sure. And I would imagine. I mean, I think that five thousand might be on the low end because that's only twelve fifty a ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I texted my parents, I'm like, there's no way in the world I'm going to miss Game 7 of the 2011 World Series, and I'm not going to take my parents. There's no way in the world I'm not going to do that. So me, Anna Marie, and my parents went to that. Awesome. Because it's like Game 7 of the World Series at home. I'm, they're, they're, they're never been yeah. one of those that, in our life, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that was the Blues and Game 6 against the Bruins. Uh-huh. We've joked about it. Young Page who's loves to tell the story about how we're in the car on the way home, and he goes, well, at least I didn't blow a you know, shitload of money on these tickets. And he's like, oh, fuck, man, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> then he realized, of course, he knew that I had. Yeah. But it's results-oriented. I knew going in. You know going in to the World Series of Poker, you're probably going to get blown up. Yeah. And you can't get mad at the tournament. No. That's the game. Mm-hmm. So you can't get so – that, so that one – but the one where I was actually in the building, have you heard me tell the story, Action Jackson, as a loyal listener? Uh, no, I can't. It's, a, it's, a, it's an incredible, I would, I would say as far as from the depths of despair to the rise in euphoria, it is the second greatest moment in Cardinal baseball in the last 20 years. Again, I because because I with Freeze being Freeze's triple being number one, and well, hold on a second, why not Freeze's home run? Because the game was tied. Uh-huh. With Freeze's triple, he's one strike away from the Rangers winning the World Series. You know, so you are as a fan of the Cardinals in the depths of despair to euphoria. That's yeah. that. So there has been, in my opinion, now you might be able to point out another one here with my answer or with your answer as you think through it. What do you think it is? And I'm, I know a lot of people who've listened to the show for a while are listening to this and go, oh, I remember this. Uh, you were a real young tyke when this happened, but you were around. 04 NLCS? No. 05 NLCS? 05 NLCS. Okay. 05 Pujols Lidge. Yeah, Pujols Lidge. I was in the building, and that place, I, I was, here's, here's why I left. I, at that time, now this would not happen in 2021, mm-hmm. and in a way, it's I guess I kind of I, kind of makes me sad that it wouldn't because I don't I don't have that intensity right now. Maybe with my son I would, but not for me personally anymore. So this isn't. I mean, I'm you know I'm still in my late 20s when this happened, mm-hmm. but I was so tilted. It wasn't about the fact that the Astros were going to win alone. I was so tilted that Lance Burr. I hated and mm-hmm. still do, by the way, that that ballpark has the home run fence down the left field line that it has. Yeah. It is it is indefensible in my mind for a major league ballpark to have that. And sure enough, what wound up happening was Lance Berkman like opposite field yeah. flips the bat out and uh hits a home run off Chris Carpenter, I think in the seventh or eighth inning. Mm. And I was like, this is how the Cardinals season, which was a 100-win season. This is why they're not, they're not going to go back to Bush Stadium. This crap. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. And the ballpark's going crazy. I'm like, this team, this Astros team is, you know, is going to go to the World Series because of this ridiculous ball. It was the same thing I've, I've always, back in the day, now again, I don't worry as much because my emotions aren't as intense uh-huh. with the Cardinals as they were then. But like if the Cardinals were play the Rockies in the playoffs, yeah. just like, I know it's going to happen. It's just going to be, it's not going to be real baseball. And so, and I mean, maybe some fans of other teams in the eighties felt that way about the playing at Bush stadium with the Cardinals and the, you know, AstroTurf. And, yeah. but I, 
And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Chris Carpenter pitches this great game, and this guy flips a ball that's not out of the ballpark of any place. Wrigley mm-hmm. Field, it's off the wall at Fenway. No, nothing, and that's going to be the difference. And so I left in, I think, like going into the bottom of the eighth inning. Mm-hmm. And I had a hotel like two blocks from what at the time was Enron, I believe. I don't think it was Minute Maid Park, but it was right around the time when Enron was going down. Gotcha. Either way, I left, and when Pujols hit that home run, I was going absolutely batshit in my hotel room with Hell joy. Yeah. And had I been in the ballpark, I couldn't have done that. Yeah. And I remember doing the morning grind the next morning with the cat and Martin and Martin just like there's no way you don't regret that. And I go, I got to be honest with you, I really don't. Now, I and I know it's I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds weird, but I really I truly don't. I I guess I mean I I, I I'd be, I'd be happy to admit it. I don't give a shit. I just don't because I know what my emotions were. And you can't do that. You cannot, you can't be the fan. I mean, you can be, but you know that you've got some ramifications you may have to deal with. Mm-hmm. You can't be the fan while everybody else is at their absolute lowest. I mean, picture if you're a Rangers fan and you're taunting Cardinals fans after Josh Hamilton hits that home run. Yeah. You can't, you know, I mean, you're asking for it. Yep. You know, and, and if you were a Blues fan, um, you know, in the middle of Boston fans in Game 7 after Petrangelo scores with, you know, a handful of seconds left in the uh, first the period in Game yeah. 7, you're, you're asking for it. Mm-hmm. And we weren't in the press box. We were basically, I think, in, like, right center of, of that ballpark. Mm-hmm. So we were amongst the fans. It was brutal. I remember being in, in, at Fenway Park in 2004 for the World Series, sitting there, sitting there next to Doug's. So we're doing TV. And I'm thinking to myself, I, this is so messed up. The Cardinals are in the World Series the first time in 17 years. And I would much rather be at my place in St. Louis watching it. Mm-hmm. And I know that's I know that has to sound weird. But the reason was I just want to be able to enjoy it as a fan. Yeah. And and cheer. And and so that's that's where it got to. And so it's a weird thing because you get into this because you want to do the thing that you love. And get paid to do it, which is absolutely the case, and it's certainly still the case with TMA. But going to games and then being around the guys who sometimes weren't the friendliest <laughs> kind of took away from it at times. And so there was really recently the only stuff that I've gone out of my way to go to is stuff where I feel like there's going to be ridiculous energy. Yeah. Game six of the Bruins series. Um, the 2007 Missouri-Kansas football game, mm-hmm. Armageddon at Arrowhead. I'd do that one. I'd probably pay twice as much as I paid for that for that again. Uh, just because I knew that was a once-in-a-lifetime thing for those two schools to be playing each other at that stadium, an incredible football stadium, to be number one in the country. I mean, it's, it, you know, and that, 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 is, that is absolutely... Sod racing. Sod racing. I mean, Missouri-Kansas plays in the NCAA tournament in the Final Four, whatever. Still... To me, Missouri-Kansas playing to be number one in the country in college yeah. football in late November. <laughs> I'll take it all day long over that, which I know may sound blasphemy to you, uh, Jackson. <laughs> but it, it's like uh, not even—it's not even a sweat. Yeah. Missouri-Auburn in the uh, SEC championship—that was about the atmosphere. And I remember walking in there and having been lucky enough to go to Super Bowls and World Series and mm-hmm. whatever the hell else I've been to, walking into the, what was the Georgia Dome at the time, yeah, and just being like, I cannot believe that my alma mater is playing. You know, in in the SEC championship, and possibly a win away from playing for the national championship, and they're playing Auburn, the team that last week had one of the most bizarre yet great wins. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, that was the what do they Chris, call that? 
Uh, the, the field goal that he returned for the touchdown. They call, oh, I, know, I know it, I, I know it's uh, Miracle on the Plains or something like that. Yeah, and it was Chris Davis, I think was the guy's name. And maybe. the week before, they had the tip ball against Georgia. Yeah, wow. So, I mean, there, you know, it, you know, it was supposed to be Alabama. It was supposed to be Missouri-Alabama, and I honestly think Missouri might have a better chance against Alabama yeah, than sure. Auburn. Yeah, it was Trey Mason. To say. And then the following year, I went down to just I went to watch Missouri play Alabama, even though I knew that it was highly unlikely they yeah. were going to beat Alabama. Uh, that 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 type of stuff, energy, mm-hmm. energy. You know, uh, that's what gets me going at this point. That that type of thing. I don't know what. I don't know what now could do that. Um, uh, probably a Missouri college football game, like playing Georgia to win the SEC East, would probably be yeah, or a Missouri awesome. SEC championship game. That that's the, that's the kind of thing I think I would go to. The Masters, but that's not the same kind no, of thing. But I would go to that. Energy. Other than that, what's that? Not the same energy as a yeah, I just, yeah, is that intensity? So I just I don't ha- so I don't have it. But I mean, certainly I have one. I have a great answer. I think mm-hmm. it's a great answer that I was at that. Yeah, and I left. But the thing is, I don't really regret it, which I know is not what the listeners want to hear because they probably don't believe it, and. But I just I, I can still picture being at that guy. I can't think of the name of the hotel, but it was kind of like this boutique hotel just a couple blocks away because I was obviously able to get back to my hotel to watch it and just going fucking nuts because in your mind at that time, you're thinking they're going to now win the next two games at Bush Stadium yeah, and go to the World Series and they're going to close out Bush Stadium with a world championship playing what you thought would be the White Sox. Mm-hmm. So you'd have Chicago against St. Louis, even yeah. though it wouldn't be the Cubs. And so the fact that that game six was such a bust, tip of the cap to Roy Oswald. Mm-hmm. But that that would be that's that's the answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean sleeping in on September 11th, that wasn't like I mean that's just what happened. I was off that day, so I don't look at it that way. And then mm-hmm. the phone call on the tarmac in New York was absolutely brutal, and it's still sure. that one legitimately. Uh, here we are. What is it now? Eight years, and that's still that one still bothers. That one bothers me. That mm-hmm. one that one legitimately bo- that one is like a story that kind of sounds like a hyperbole, but it's really all true and it bothers me. It might have actually been a bullet that I dodged though. Mm-hmm. But it's, I still way, can't help. Yeah, yeah I still can't to think that I that, that that's the it's like a movie uh-huh. that you're like you can't do anything and yet the phone is ringing and you check your voicemail and they're like do not leave New York. We want you to come back to the city to do tonight's show and you can't do anything yeah. i guess i got flown back but yeah not yeah. uh not to be holy shit wow great questions um Definitely. so there it all is uh thank you to our audience i still have a bunch still saved that i haven't gotten to email in more team mckernan and inside stl.com uh thank you to ryan kelly the home loan expert.com thank you to Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies, evergreenstl.com. Thank you to Seth Goldcamp, Design Air Heating and Cooling, designairservice.com. Thank you to Clayton Patterson and Jamie Burkhardt, Munganas, stlouisacura.com, altontoyota.com, Jim Rogers, Restoration One of Central St. Louis.com, and American Environmental, and James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, carltoninsurance.net. For Action Jackson, Virgin Pringle Sauce Boss, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher 
And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.